Welcome to the Fit Femme Project Alignment Podcast. It is here that we cultivate and gather all who have been through it in fitness, relationships, careers, lifestyle changes, and unforgettable crucial life pivots trying to achieve their most sovereign selves. We're here to provide you with thought-provoking, detailed stories and information from truly fascinating men and women from all walks of life, professions, generations, and modern-day sagas who speak to their rawest, darkest moments that made them the strong, decisive, humble, helpful, healing people that they are today. We ask them to hold nothing back because life is a multi-dimensional pursuit to be stronger, healthier, and more aligned mentally, emotionally, and physically. Let's go. Welcome back, FFP ladies. Today we have another special guest with us. She is also a friend of the pod. She's an IFBB Bikini Pro and Olympian, founder of the all-female competition NPC IFBB Nashville Fit Show, posing and mindset coach, event and retreat host, Miss Whitney Weiser. Hello. Hey. How you doing? Good. Thanks for coming in good today. She is a little sick, y'all, so... Um, I was about to say. Don't um, mind. I'm good besides the bronchitis, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little crack. That was it's so just cute. a little bit. <laughs> well, you are, um, you know, very real with still coming here. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I do want to... The first thing I want to talk about is the Nashville Fit Show because um, everybody knows about it everyone raves about it they just like i want to do that show like everyone like that i've talked to and the clients who are you know in prep uh with the ffp that's always the one that they shoot for oh good that's good to hear um so tell me like why how like how did that all come about oh man so um i competed for 10 years and 31 competitions. Jeez. I started judging, I think, probably halfway through my competing career. And so as I was judging, um, back then, shows weren't, shows are getting a lot better now. But back then, um, I was just seeing a lot of, how do I want to put it, below average, subpar um, shows that promoters... um, now I can talk about it because these shows don't exist anymore. Okay, but yeah. the, spill the beans. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the promoters of these shows. You could tell like they were just in it for the money, of course, because they were spending like the bare minimum on the athletes. Uh-huh. And I, re- I just remember being at one show that I was judging and just watching like what was going on. I don't even know if the competitors got a goodie bag. They might have. It might have had two samples in it. And then we get to the show. It's at this high school. There is one banner, one dinky banner up on the stage. <laughs> and I'm like sitting at the judge's table getting pissed off. Like, like can you even read that from there? Like, I'm like, <laughs> this is just a disgrace because these athletes work so hard. You know, as an athlete, I know the work that it takes. Yeah. And I'm like, these athletes work so hard. They deserve to walk on a better stage than this. And I just got the idea in my head. I'm like, I could put on a better show than this. And I don't even know how to put on a show. And so that's, I think, like, that's where it all originated. Yeah. And then I kind of just, you know, let the, the vision develop, I guess, a little bit. And I don't know how I got in my mind, but I was like, you know what? Like, bikini is always last. They always put the girls at the end. And it's going to like one or two a.m. in the morning, it's <laughs> right? Like, oh. And I'm like, these these ladies need their own platform. Like yeah. Maybe maybe do an all female show. And so, um, the state chairman at the time, which this was years ago, so it's not the current state chairman. 
Um, I, you know, the next step was to run the idea by him, see what he thought, um, and see, you know, if I could get a sanction for a show. And I ran the idea by him, and he basically was just like, he didn't say it was a stupid idea <laughs> in those words, but pretty, much. but pretty much he was like, I just don't know why you would do that. Oh um, it's it's not going to be successful. You're giving up half your entry fee money. Like, how are you going to make money? Oh, right. You, you know, because I wouldn't let men enter. Oh, could you imagine somebody's not really in it for the money? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like so of course to him, which he's been in the bodybuilding industry right. probably 20 years plus. So to him, like, it just did not make sense because in his mind, most of the competitors were male. However, that wasn't the trend. Yeah. The bikini competitors, like, I saw where it was going. And so, you know, he was, he kind of just shot it down. <laughs> so <laughs> Did I you need his permission or? Yes. Okay, got it. You have to, um, to get an NPC sanction, you have to have a sanction. Right. For the show. You can't just start one. And there was already a line of people in Tennessee waiting for a sanction. Oh. So I needed his approval. Um. He, it wasn't coming from him. So I, I talked to the vice chairman at the time, and he actually really encouraged me. Um, he he thought it was a great idea. And he's now the chairman. Okay. So Alan Sizemore um, at this time. And so he thought it was a really good idea. And then, so we kind of went above the state chairman's head at this time. I love that. And... Um, <laughs> And it just, all of the things aligned. It's, it's a lot more to the story than sure. that, but all the things aligned to make this happen. And I got the sanction um, within a few months of getting this idea just because it was an outside-the-box idea. Like it stood out, right? Yeah, I wasn't just another promoter right. in line waiting for a sanction just because. Like, right. I had a whole different vision for the show, and so it got approved. Um, and then from there, I just hit the ground running, basically. How it was, long ago was that? So I got this sanction in 2017, okay. and the first show was in 2018. So pretty recent. And I yeah. feel like it just kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah, this will the be the sixth running. year. Yeah. yeah, and it just, like, blew up, I guess, if you would Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, um, and everybody told me, too, the first year, they were like, you know, it's really good if you can just break even, you know, your yeah. first show. And I'm like... This was like, I, I can't, I couldn't break even. I was training people. I was working part time. I was barely, I was on my last dollar. I had to borrow money from my dad to, for the sanction fee and to put a deposit down on the venue. Wow. Like I was like, that. Has it been the same venue? No, I've had to move a few times. Okay. COVID kind of messed everything up. Sure. I've, I've had to move around a lot um, to get to the Nashville Municipal Auditorium, which it'll stay now, which is a great thing. Good, that is, yeah. But yeah, I had to borrow money from my dad. I'm like, look, dad, I have Daddy. this great idea. <laughs> and I've never asked for anything. So he knew, like, okay, she must really need it. <laughs> I was like, I'll pay you back as soon as this first show happens. He's like, okay, here you go. Mm. And so I'm like, this show can't break even. It has to make money or, yeah, I, you know, I have to live. <laughs> so, so I just promote, I talk to everybody that I knew. Luckily, I have a lot of great relationships in the industry from right. competing, um, from being a pro. I had great uh, sponsorships with like Optimum Nutrition, Defiance Fuel, Liquid Sunrays. I had some of the best sponsorships. And so since they knew me and had a relationship with me, they were willing to sponsor the show, a show that right. never happened before. Yeah. So they were willing to like bet on me, basically. Aww. 
And so, yeah. And then get proper, like, um, exposure. Exposure, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was a success. You made your money off of that, right? It was. <laughs> you made it your was. daddy back. <laughs> yes, I, got, I was able to pay my dad back, pay my bills, so that was good. That's so cute. Um, so despite... COVID. Let's forget that didn't exist. <laughs> Let's forget about that. That existed. Yeah. What were some of like the challenges you faced with the, the show and keeping it going? Just, I think the first year was, I mean, every, every year has its own challenges, sure. but the first year creating something that has never happened before. And it sounds so exciting and like great, but then you got but, but it's not because I mean, I had to build the excitement around yeah. it because there's nothing to show for it. There's no competitor numbers, like how many competitors are going to show up, how many attendees are going to show up. There's nothing to show anybody that this will be successful and they will want to come to Just it. believe me, please. Yeah, <laughs> I promise. It's going to be amazing. Just come. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was probably the biggest challenge the first year is just you know telling people how amazing it was going to be and getting them to come now after the first year you gain a little bit of momentum Mm -hmm. and and you can go from there and it's a little bit easier to get sponsors from there on out but then then you have COVID and then you have like every year it's a different challenge so right yeah Yeah. okay so then how did you get into the bodybuilding world let's like backtrack we'll back we'll back way (laughs) up for that one um, so I started in 2009. Okay. So I feel like an OG. <laughs> right? I mean, might as well be. Like, I, I that was the so. first year the bikini division started. Okay. Because I, I think I remember it being still kind of new. It was very right. new. Yeah. It was very new. In fact, when I started prepping, I didn't even know about the bikini division yet because yeah. it really wasn't a thing. And so I was going to prep for figure because that's... Actually, that's all there was. I was going to say, what else There was, was women's there? bodybuilding, there was figure, and I think there was fitness. Okay. Which, there wasn't many Is fitness... Do. Sorry, I'm still learning. Is fitness okay. the one where they, like, dance around? Yeah. Okay. Fitness <laughs> is the fun one to watch. Yeah. I wish I could do that stuff, but no, I can't. I definitely can't. So, I was going to prep for figure. Um, but, yeah, anyway, that was the first year that it was starting, and I was a bartender, in downtown Nashville because I went to college here. Are you a native Nashvillian? I consider myself one. But I, I, I moved here in 2010. That's what people say. They're like, you're native. I'm like, I wouldn't tell somebody who is. I'm <laughs> from, I'm actually from a small town called okay. Tullahoma, which is about oh. an hour from here. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty much. Okay. Yeah. 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 I went to, I went to MTSU in Murfreesboro. Okay. And so I would drive up to Nashville to bartend at night. Okay. And so I was about to graduate college. I was uh, still bartending, and basically I played all the sports like throughout college, like just intramurals and stuff like that. And as graduation got closer, you know, I was like, "What the heck am I gonna be competitive in? Like, there's nothing." And I had, I didn't know, I had no idea what bodybuilding was, right? Like at all. <laughs> so I was bartending, and a trainer was came in there. And he saw that, you know, I had a pretty muscular build, like my legs. And he's like, hey, have you ever thought about competing? And I'm like, I thought he was just trying to, like, a pickup like, line. I'm like, you. What? like, are you drunk? I'm get, like, get what do you compete? Compete in what? What do you mean? I'm yeah. like, that's such an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, bodybuilding figure competitions. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And so he got out his phone and he's like, let me show you a picture of a figure client of mine that just competed like a couple weeks ago. So he showed me a picture on his phone of his client on stage 
And I looked at it immediately and I was like, ew, I don't want to look like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually what people say. I don't want to look like that. I know. (laughs) And I'm like, it's so weird that I even said that because I'm like, now I would love to look like a figure competitor. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let me put it together in my mind, the the body type. So I know um, wellness is like thicker like lower body lower body uh-huh. and is figure kind of like the figure same figure is a step up from that in muscularity oh, okay, okay. Um, so kinda, it's kind of it, close to bodybuilder ones kind of it's okay. kind of like right in the middle like you've got bodybuilding on one side you've got sense. bikini on the other side okay figures right in the middle okay that makes sense so they um wellness is kind of a one-off because it's the only division that they don't judge symmetry in you can have a bigger lower body an upper body figure they want that symmetry upper and lower okay that makes sense so a little bit more muscular got it um so that was my first reaction (laughs) and um but it planted a seed in my mind and like I couldn't stop thinking about it yeah it's actually kind of that yeah and so he gave me his number basically before he left and he was like okay if you ever change your mind here's my number I'm like okay whatever um but it kept coming back in my mind I'm like it's so interesting, like, yeah. you know, whatever. And so it probably worked. It took me about a month to even, like, work up the courage to, like, text him and be like, okay, so I don't know if I want to compete, but if I did, like, what would the starting point be? Yeah. And he was just like, meet me at the gym. I'll train you, whatever. So we started training, and I was still kind of just halfway in. And then I saw um, a magazine cover of jessica paxson which that was her maiden name at the time which nobody knows who that is now but back then she was like the best the one. yeah and she had such a feminine beautiful oh, look that's when it clicked yes yeah. and i'm like hold up who is this and what division is she in and he's like that's figure but that's just she's very feminine i was like i want to look like that here we go yeah and i'm like okay let's go <laughs> like i just needed to see it you know yeah and that was like two that's when Instagram started, so you 2009. Really, yeah, well, yeah, Instagram was 2010, but you really only had Facebook and yeah. Google. <laughs> there was like nothing. Yeah, MySpace maybe. MySpace, yeah. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> so I started prepping, um, which there was only eight weeks till the next show in Tennessee, which is like not enough time for your first prep. Hell yeah. So I was prepping for figure, but. We found out pretty quickly, like, I can't put on that much muscle, like, in eight weeks. What was your diet like for that first one? Oh, man. I was the worst. (laughs) I was the worst client ever. How old were you at this time? 23. 23, okay. I was the worst client ever. So he wrote me out a diet. Like, the training was no problem. I'm an athlete, right? I can do all that. Yeah. But he gave me the diet the first day. I did absolutely nothing over the weekend to, like, prep my meals. I'm like... I'll wing it. Just winging it? Yeah. I got this five meals a day. Okay, fine. <laughs> so I'm like, look at my meal number one. And it's like, he started me off pretty easy looking back. It was like one cup of strawberries, two hard-boiled eggs, and like some yogurt or something like that. I was like, huh, I can get all that at McDonald's. <laughs> so <laughs> I went through the drive-thru at McDonald's. I was sitting I mean, in line. I would have probably thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he it's calls easy. me course while I'm in line at the drive-thru and he's like are you good you ready to go day one I'm like yeah 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 I got it. I'm about to get my meal one at McDonald's and he said you what <laughs> I said yeah they have a fruit and yogurt parfait 
And then, like, I can just get some eggs or something on the side. He said, you better take your butt to Kroger right now and get what you need. That is not the same. That is so funny. <laughs> so, that was my day one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it just, it took me a long time to grasp this idea of a diet. Because I'd never followed a diet for more than, like, 10 days. And right. getting the concept of, oh, I can't drink, too, like... Vodka has no calories in it, right? It's clear. (laughs) Right? So it was definitely a complete mindset shift, lifestyle shift. Yeah. Everything. And he didn't prepare you for any of that? Like, you can't drink... Like, you just kind of figured that out along the way? Well, he told me these things, like, piece by piece. But it was just so much for me to learn because I just knew nothing. I mean... And back then, too, like, there were coaches, but it wasn't like it is today. Right. Where you've got, like, a team of coaches and you have all these, this information they send you. Like, it was totally different back then. Yeah. Like, there wasn't even spray tanning at shows. It was... Really? It was just so different. I can't even explain it. (laughs) You had to get painted. You, like, painted yourself days leading up to the show. Like, literal paint? Well, it was it was the spray tan solution, oh. but you used, like, what are those little foam things? Like a roller, a paint roller thing. Right? Kind of. Like, I don't, those little foam brushes, like, used oh. and mitts, and it was it was messy. Oh. Just to give you an idea. <laughs> back, then, back in the day. Wow. So, anyway, much. that was, I, could, I have so many stories. But anyway, so I got to my first show, and I competed in bikini because obviously I wasn't going to make it for figure. And um, there was only six girls because it's a brand new division, and I got second place, which is good. But I knew I had like cut a few corners in my diet and yeah. like, things like that, and I was just so mad at myself because I'm like, I could have easily got first place. But oh, yeah, so I was just mad at myself for cutting those corners, but then it lit a fire in me right. to where like, you know, the first time you're doing something, you're prepping for the unknown, whether it's a competition, whether it's a new business, whatever, it's like, you're just going into the unknown. You don't know what you don't know. Right. But after that first time on stage, I'm like, now I know. <laughs> so now I'm going to do better. And so it lit a fire that lasted 10 years, I guess. Wow. Pretty much. So how long did it take for you to uh, turn pro from that time? So I had a major setback that probably took it a little, took me a little bit longer to turn pro. But um, so 2009, I started. 2011, I decided I wanted to try to compete at a national level. Yeah. Just to see, I had no expectations. I didn't think I would even ever be good enough to compete at that level. Like, much less turn pro. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, I just want to go in, get judges' feedback, and see what I need to work on. Like, my goal is top 15, whatever. And so um, I was in a relationship at the time with a pretty abusive person, and he, like, kind of did everything he could could to discourage me, like, throughout this prep, which lit a fire in me even harder so I prepped so hard um, for this show it's a big fuck you like basically I'm like oh you think I can't do it okay let me show you (laughs) so um I went into my first national level show junior USA's in 2011 and I won my class so when you win your class at these shows just so you know 
they don't always give pro cards to class winners. Right. They only gave out two pro cards and there's six class winners. So I, I won my class, but I didn't win the overall. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that's when I figured out, hey, I could probably be pretty good at this. Yeah. So I competed again at the national level. I won my class again, but missed my pro card. But it's still, like, I didn't, I was so happy. Like, I didn't even think I would ever get to that level. Oh, that's great. So anyway, like, I was having all the success. I was feeling great. Um, And I really think it probably gave me the confidence and the strength to leave this guy Mm -hmm. um, afterwards. So I finally made the decision to, like, leave this super abusive relationship. Good for you. Yeah, but he uh, didn't want to take no for an answer, and so then it got worse. No. So he wanted to come meet me at my job, so I had a corporate job at the time, and he was super emotional, and so I agreed to to meet him. I was like, just come up here on my lunch break, and I'll come out and talk to you for a second. So he comes up, he he drove an SUV. I get in the SUV to talk to him. Like five minutes in, he's just so emotional. I'm like, this is not good for either of us. Yeah. Like, we're done. How long were you together for? Probably a year. Okay. If that. Okay. If that. Um, and so I got out and I started walking back across the parking lot. No. Yeah. And he pulls out of the parking space and he floors it toward me and runs me over with his SUV. Oh. He runs me over with his SUV. So I slide under the vehicle. And it held me under it, and I got drug across the parking lot. Whenever it let me go, the rear wheel of the tire uh, ran over my midsection and crushed my spine. Oh, my God. Crushed my spine. So there were two eyewitnesses that saw the whole thing. Um, One called 911 immediately. The other just happened to be a former EMT. He is the reason. Wow. I am not paralyzed today. Like, oh my I, god, like, I'm gonna cry. Girl. Wow, what a miracle. Yeah. Wow. God fully No kidding. Just put these people, the right people there to save me. Because I would have been paralyzed today. I never lost consciousness. And you don't ever know how bad you're hurt. Like I just because you're in shock. Yeah, yeah. I was just in excruciating pain, and knowing me, like I would have tried to get up. And when yeah. if I would have done that, I would have yeah. been paralyzed. So the former EMT comes over and he holds my head and my neck down. He knows not to let me move. Yeah. All the other guys on the phone with nine one one. And so they get there pretty quickly, and I'm completely coherent. I can talk. I just, all my ribs are broken, and I can barely breathe. But I'm like, it was this vehicle. He went this way. You know, they caught him and took him to jail immediately. Um, And then they brought the ambulance, took me to Vanderbilt. I had emergency back surgery to fuse my spine together. Jesus. So I still have metal rods and screws in my spine today. And so I had to learn how to walk again. Basically everything. Like, I mean, I want to say the worst possible situation you can imagine, but really, considering what happened, I had no internal organ damage. Sure. There were so many things that could have been worse. Oh my gosh. I mean, what if the tire would have rolled over my head? What if, what if, what? I could go on. So many things, yeah. So, honestly, you know, it wasn't the worst that could happen, but it's pretty bad. (laughs) Okay, wait, I have a few more questions. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Did, so I'm assuming he uh, stayed in jail for a long time. Is he still there? No, he got released. Because that's like attempted murder. Second degree attempted murder. The yeah. max sentence is 8 to 12 years. 
Okay, so and, that's and yeah. so he just he got the max sentence, but he's he got out a couple years ago. Oh. He got out a couple years ago, but um, but yeah. And how long did it take you to like walk again? Um, to walk again by myself, just a few weeks. Okay. So it like I had to go live with my parents because I couldn't take care of myself. <laughs> yeah. like, it was just such a weird experience being so independent one day and then to. Hey, like, can you help me out of this chair? I can't even go to the bathroom or get something to eat if I want to because wow. I can't stand up. Um, so that was that was rough. That was a new experience, but um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like to say the least, right? Yeah. <coughs> um, so from that moment, like that was you said 2011. 2011. 2011. So then, when was your next show after that? Like. I, being the stubborn person I am, competed in 2012, which I pushed myself a little too hard. I was not competitive. Just yeah. because I stepped on stage doesn't mean I didn't even place. Oh, okay. So, you just needed to get back up there. I yeah, pretty it. much. But it took well, good me. good for you. I mean, I had to because yeah. I was just, like, so determined to not let that steal, like, this wow. newfound passion and purpose yeah. I found in my life. I'm like... He's not going to take this away from me. Like, motherfucker, tried. I, like, I, I can't let that happen. And so I was just determined to, you know, one step at a time get back to the stage. Wow. And so I had to tell you that because yeah. it took me a little bit longer to turn pro. But I got my pro card in 2014. Okay. And then you USA. just skyrocketed from there. Well, kind of. Not exactly. Still oh. took a little while. <laughs> I know everybody thinks that I'm like no, not so it was, much. It was smooth sailing, right? Right. It was all just <laughs> roses and rainbows <laughs> from then on out. No, so I turned pro in 2014, and I took a year off because I knew, like, to be competitive on a pro stage, I needed more muscle. I still needed to work right. on myself, and so I took a year off. Um, competed as a pro in 2015 for the first time at the Arnold Amateur amateur not the the Arnold in Australia okay is what I meant to say um and then I competed six more times I did not place not one time in the top five only one time I placed in the top 10 I got eighth place okay and so that's my first six shows as a pro just not placing just keep going keep going because that's all I know at this point yeah like what am I going to do if I don't compete I'm like nothing (laughs) yeah like I I had a successful corporate job but like this was my passion you know and so, then I come into my seventh show in 2016, the beginning of 2016, and I win the whole thing, which qualifies me for the Olympia. Okay, right. Yeah. So, I always like telling that story because I'm like, I didn't place six times in a row, yeah. but it only takes one time to, you know, get to whatever Another goal. level or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I always like telling competitors that because I'm like, do not let one placing make or break you because every single time is totally different yeah different judges different competitors different you so mm-hmm. just keep going oh that's so sweet so um when did you meet casey oh i think me and casey met on a plane oh no way like not, <laughs> even, not even at a show well we were on our way to a show Okay, okay, that makes more sense. We were on our way to the Arnold in like 2000, I feel like it was before we both turned pro. It might have been 2013. Mm -hmm. It was either right before both of us turned pro or right around the same time we turned pro. So it was Uh, like probably 
2013 or 14 ish okay. and we met on a plane i'm pretty sure on the way to the arnold because i think we were both working the arnold or something oh, like, okay like the expo that's so cute yeah <laughs> and we just hit it off yeah, I <laughs> we bet. start talking about competing of course yeah she she spoke very highly of you and like she gave me like no background on your background <laughs> <laughs> and so like i think but she kind of said a couple things like oh she has an amazing story i was like oh sounds great and then like you're telling me this i'm like you need to be on dateline like <laughs> I actually was on the 700 Club. Um, they, oh, yeah. they aired my story a couple years ago. Oh, man. So, we'll yeah. get it out there a little more. It's craziness. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. real. Yeah. Um, so, you currently judge the Nashville Fit Show, right? I'm assuming. No, you can't no. judge your own, sh- your oh. own show. I own the show. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so, I basically work all the shows in Tennessee. So, there's seven other shows. Um, so, I'm either judging or most of what I spend my time doing now is expediting. Um, either backstage or on stage with the competitors. Keeping things organized and all that? Okay. Yeah. Um, I judged for years and then like sometimes I <laughs> I told the um, chairman, I was like, I cannot sit here all day. Oh. And I was like, I feel like I can be more help to the competitors instead of just giving them feedback at the end of the show, like being with them, mm-hmm. like on stage because I can like ease their mind because I'm the one like nobody sees me on stage because I'm wearing all black and when there's like girls in sparkly bikinis you're not going to see me but I'm literally right there beside them telling them where to go what to do and like just making them feel at ease and so I I just like being with them (laughs) better like I'm a competitor I'm still going to be on stage whether I'm competing or not I figured like judging would have been like some sort of like I don't know just like being like able to make those decisions I I don't know yeah. but I feel sitting down I, all day that would suck <laughs> yeah I no I love judging oh, okay. um, don't get me wrong yeah. but I just I felt like there was more I could do to be more help to the athletes right so having the judging experience like and, and the knowledge I mean really helps me a lot when I'm you know, coaching for posing and hosting my workshops to teach competitors like what they need to know to be successful. So it's good that I have that judging background. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like there's just so much more I can do to be with them and help them. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so um, for people who I'm, I don't. This question just came to my brain because um, we get a lot of people who want to start competing. Mm-hmm. Like, what is like your big advice for people who like want to get into it or are toying with the idea like what would you say as a veteran <laughs> a young veteran <laughs> um, oh man there's so many things um know why you want to do it okay because if you're doing it for the wrong reason competing is a thing that it can I don't want to say it can make you well it can it can make you or break you yeah if you already have dysfunctional eating habits if you already have body dysmorphia if you already have like little signs of these things bodybuilding will make it worse Mm, yeah you're right and so I never tell anybody oh you should compete just because I own a show and yeah that would benefit me (laughs) I'm not like it can destroy your mental health it can it can cause a lot of problems and so my number one thing is know why you want to. If you just want to push yourself to the next level, like if you have other reasons why you want to do it, like just to prove to yourself that you can, 
Um, if there's reasons behind it, great. But if you like, if you feel like you just need the attention or you're not, you're already not happy with your body, mm. competing will not make you happy with your body. Right. Cause you're going to get this like picturesque, perfect body, but then it's, there's always going to be something wrong with it. If you Always. Know. Yeah. Always. Um, and then it's, you get that look for one day. You only look that, yeah. that way on stage. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be happy in your body the rest of the time too. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I know a lot of, like, um, I know Casey's talked about this when she was in the height of her competing, like, um, she's super lean and the bit would gain a little weight and just be like, well, no, this little thing. I'm like, can you stop? You look fine. She's like, you don't get it. <laughs> yes, that is the mind of that competitor, though. Yeah. And I, I've been there, so it's I, tough. I get it because it does matter on stage, but I'm just like, relax. <laughs> right, right. And you I mean naturally like if you're good in the sport you're kind of obsessed with it yeah. and so you just see any little thing wrong with your body is oh my god this is just you know a lot bigger it's you make it a bigger deal than what it really is yeah and so it's you got to find that balance again yeah um after the stage is done so would you recommend um for people to start like not just jump into a prep and then yeah (laughs) you know where I'm going with this oh yes um and I always tell people too if you're not already in the habit of working out and eating like not necessarily a diet right but if you already can't eat like a meal plan and be happy on it and you know you're already consistently going to the gym then you don't want to start a prep yet you want to get a consistent lifestyle of doing those things first yeah be happy with that you know and then then you can go into a prep because then it's even more intense at that point that's what i've heard from the coaches or really anybody that i've talked to that so many people just want to jump into it and they're like no let's do this for 12 weeks first and then we'll look at something and they're like no yeah (laughs) well i mean i can say you know back when i first started I just jumped right in, but I also, like, there's so many bad things that came from that. Like, it took me years to find balance again. Okay. In what way? Sorry, you're about to go into that. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's fine. Like, just body dysmorphia and, um, like, binge eating, things like that, because I was so restricted. Like, I was used to working out, but I wasn't used to any kind of diet like that. Yeah. Or working to like toward a very specific goal and purpose okay so I wasn't used to that and so of course my first diet your first couple diets can be restrictive if you jump right into it like I did and so when I got off that diet I went crazy (laughs) I'm like let's go out every night back to drinking Reese's cups cookies (laughs) like everything and like I would gain 15 pounds in a week no way and so then of course you're absolutely miserable that's wild yeah and then like from there your body's just kind of putting on more and more and so like if you're up 20 pounds after a show well your next prep you're only going to be focused on getting that weight off and you can't focus on like actually building your body better right you can't focus on building muscle because you've got to get that weight you gotta backtrack now yeah yeah Yeah. uh what other like things did you like learn throughout that process Oh, man. <laughs> like, let me pull out my list. Just so many. I think that's the biggest thing. It's yeah. just, like, the disordered eating. Mm-hmm. If um, There's just so many more resources today. 
There so. really are. And it's so much more talked about. Like Nicole is one of our coaches who works, you know, with people with eating, you know, yeah. disorder or binge eaters, things like yeah. that. Because she struggled with it herself and yeah. she's competed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a big one. It took me several years and there was no reverse dieting. Nobody, that oh, wasn't right. even a thing back then. Like, what is that? But now, like, you have more educated coaches. There's still a lot of bad coaches out there. But yeah. with all the education now, like, you know, it's up to the competitor's responsibility to kind of research and know, like, if your coach isn't talking to you about, like... I was going to say, what what do you look for when you're researching a coach? I mean, basically, like, the stuff that you've just talked about, like, like if your coach just lets you jump into a prep mm-hmm. without, you know, hey, let's consider doing this for 12 weeks and then going into a prep... And if your coach isn't talking to you about reverse dieting after your show and like things like this, then that's kind of some red flags to me. Now, I also see the other side of it where, you know, the client is the client. If they want to do a prep at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want. They're going to do what they want. But at least if your coach is talking to you about, you know, more healthy ways, like getting your blood work done, checking where your hormone levels are at, like all these things that were never talked about 10 years ago. Yeah. Like these are the things this is going to keep you healthy and give you longevity in the sport so that you don't like just kill your metabolism kill your hormone balance and like you're done after two years oh wow so like it's just it's much better today much more information out there i mean yeah ever since i mean i've only ever known about it because of casey yeah and we met we still disagree on the year that we met Mm, 2000 i think 18 no shoot no i'm not gonna get into this right now I go by like who I was dating at the time. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! This is very rich dating history. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, but yeah, she was. I think I don't know because I didn't ask her a lot because we started out as I was her massage therapist, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "I like you." I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it. Yeah, and we're like we're really similar as far as like we're just like really intense people and like when we find people we like you're not getting away from us you're it (laughs) you're not getting away from me you're my person um but yeah so i've learned so much from her in that respect um but other than that like that's that's why i refer clients to her because i know she cares about that stuff and she's not gonna just like slap a diet on somebody she's gonna like go in depth and know like what's your hormone levels at like what's going on in your life like she really cares and that's why I'll refer people to her like yeah. if they want to compete yeah. yeah that's so sweet so where are you at in your life now you're pregnant I see I pregnant. You? how far oh, along are you um I'm six months oh so you're so little I feel huge oh. <laughs> Here we go. The body dysmorphia. Now no, I'm just. So, I, I would feel huge too. I'm, I had a baby in me. Right. I'm just used to being like petite. Yeah. So when you have an extra thirty pounds <laughs> on you, it's like okay. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's I, my husband and I. We've been married for a little over a year. Okay. And we were never planning on having kids. Oh, surprise! So yeah. So God had other plans. Yeah. Every time I <laughs> try to do my plans, God's like, nope, I have other plans for you. I'm you're like, wrong. oh, right. Thanks. <laughs> Can we negotiate? No. So you're probably a, a one only child family. Um, Although they say that oh, changes yeah. after you have the first one. You're no. like, oh, more. No. <laughs> no. 
Only if, maybe if through adoption, I will, oh. I will not be pregnant again. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, uh, I knew I wouldn't like being pregnant and I was right. <laughs> did, um, did you do like a whole gender reveal thing or? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a little girl. Oh, that's so sweet. Which I'm really happy about. It makes sense since I host all women's events and things like that. I'm like, I'm glad it's a girl. That's so cute. Well, congrats. Thanks. So we named her, we're going to name her Nova Rain. Oh, wow. Rain spelled R-E-I-G-N. Oh, okay. Not rain as in rainwater. Rainwater. Rain as in <laughs> raining queen is how I'm putting uh, it. Oh, like raining my empire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've always liked that word, and so I'm like, oh, that's a really cool That's name. a beautiful name. So we'll probably end up just calling her rain. <laughs> <laughs> so you're one of those. I always say, say to people, I'm like, I don't get it whose parents... When they have a specific name set out, but they say, we're going to go by their middle name. I know. And I said I would never be one of those parents because she's going to have to explain it to all of her teachers and everything. And I'm like, but it just sounds better the way it flows. Yeah. Oh, and then was your husband like, no, that's a dumb first name. (laughs) Well, he liked the name Nova. And so it just flows Nova Rain. Oh, yeah. If you reversed it. It just doesn't sound as good. I'm gonna be one of those parents. I'm gonna be one of those. And I told him that, and I was like, she's gonna have to explain this to all our teachers. Sorry, baby. But he had to do, he's like, well, I had to explain to my teachers that I go by RJ because he's a junior. Oh. And so Ronald Jr., he's like, no, I do not go by Ronald. (laughs) Yes, he's like RJ. And he's like, well, I I had to explain it. And I'm like, well, can't argue with that. (laughs) I guess it wasn't that bad. I think they'll be fine. Like, she'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do you see for the future for the Nashville Fit Show? Like, what? I mean, I'm just going to continue to grow it. Yeah. Basically. Um, And at first, I thought I was going to have multiple shows um, in addition to just one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But life has kind of gone a different direction. I was actually just thinking before you asked that, um, I host retreats too, okay. workshops and retreats. And I was going to have a retreat right after the Nashville fish show until I found out I was pregnant. And yeah. I'm like, okay, we're going to postpone that. <laughs> so, um, I pushed the retreat back to next year. And so what I have found is, you know, competing is great. It, it's a very important part of my life. And I want to give other uh, women that platform because I feel like it really brings them together. But also, I found like events like retreats, like women getting away together to really like go deeper into mm. like some issues they may be having. Like if they aren't happy like with their their body or their mind. Um, what I found is competitors like they have they all have perfect bodies, right? Right. But they are some of the most insecure people. Yeah. And I hate that. Like, I want to build confidence in women. And so the retreats is kind of like my way of doing that. It's like, go compete at the show. Like, do that because I love it. But then, like, let's go a little bit deeper. And, like, what are you trying to do in life beyond the stage? Because you can't compete your whole life. What a great idea. Like, I love it. Oh, my gosh. I had a retreat earlier this year in Belize. Oh. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, the most powerful one. Like, ten women came. Um, Most of them were competitors. Um, I was going to say, can I come? (laughs) uh, 
<laughs> yes, yes, they're for anybody. It's okay. just like my audience is just kind of competitors. Like, oh, gotcha. so it's like it ends up being like seventy percent competitors most of the time. Makes sense, but it's yeah. not for them specifically. It's okay. for any woman. Okay. Yeah, you can come for sure. <laughs> but it's just like just the bond that I see like being built on these retreats is just. I it's love that. Level. Oh, that's so cool. Um, all right. Well, thanks for coming and doing this for me, for yes, us. Uh, where can fun. people find you? Um, usually Instagram. Yeah. So my main page is at Whitney Weiser Fit, and okay. then the show page is at Nashville Fit Show. Right. You can find my retreat page and all the other pages basically from there. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, thank you again, and thanks for everybody for joining us back this week. Until next time, bye. Thanks for listening to the FFP Alignment Podcast. Please support us by downloading, rating, and recommending us to your friends and family. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Fit Femme Project. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project. And for those of you looking to find their essential balance of lifestyle and fitness, book a free consult by going to thefitfemproject.com. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project.com. And click apply now. Until next time. This is the Fit Fem Project Alignment Podcast.